Salt Light, we're, we're called to study, we're called to serve, we're called to be in fellowship with each other, and we're called to pray. When you think about praying, it's really the only time we are in direct communication with our Creator from us to Him. Um, he wants to hear from us, He expects to hear from us. And you think about if we're friends with somebody, do we not talk to them? So think about that. We're, we're friends with Jesus Christ, and, and we are obligated to talk to him as we are obligated to talk to our friends. And in that vein, I'm so thankful uh, that Stan reached out uh, to us a few weeks ago uh, to ask that we pray for him as he spent his last days and minutes with his dad. You know, so often we uh, ask for prayers for others, uh, but we seldom ask for ourselves. While it can be humbling to ask for help from our brothers in Christ, it truly brings us closer to God and closer to each other. You think about the triangle where I'm on one side and you're on the other side and God's up at the top. If I'm praying for you or you're praying for me, we're, going, we're growing closer to God. If we're growing closer to God, think about that triangle. We're growing closer to each other. So it really brings us closer together as we pray for each other. Uh, so let me tell you about uh, the Get Well uh, Road United Methodist at the time, uh, Ghana trip in 2012. Uh, this trip from the outside looking in could be seen as filled with just near disaster. Uh, but this time that we had in Ghana taught the team the power of prayer and the power of fellowship. And it's one of the reasons that I consider my friends over there really to be more like family than friends. Uh, first, I'll, I'll mention uh, Nasara Church, and uh, those of you that have heard us talk about Big Man or met Big Man, um, this is called Big Man's Church. Uh, Getwell is very involved both financially and spiritually in, in getting this uh, church off the ground. Uh, in 2012, it wasn't complete yet, but there were four walls, and uh, we decided to have a, a medical outreach uh, there at that church. And this was the first time that, that we had actually split the team up. So half the team had gone to Saboba, about 15 hours away. And then the medical team, which is uh, what I was part of, even though I don't know what I'm doing in medicine, I was, giving, I was handing out drugs. Um, we stayed uh, at Nasara Church, which is in, in Chichiway. Some of y'all may know in, in on mission trips, what do you keep real, real close to you? Your passport and uh, all of your personal goods, and, and we, uh, uh, we did that. You know, all of us uh, kept everything pretty close, and mine stayed under my feet uh, as I was handing out drugs. Um, at the end of the, the uh, outreach, uh, we decided to load up everything up, and a big man uh, at the time was a pastor for the AG Church, and uh, he wanted us to go meet uh, his bosses, uh, AG dignitaries up in Kamasi, which is about a 45-minute drive. So we load up and, and had a, a nice little drive, 45 minutes to Kamasi, as the, uh, the team is, uh, we're in bush country, so, so if you think about it, the, the grass was higher than the van. Uh, but as the children could hear us coming through, they would come out of the bush country as they're coming home from, from church, uh, from school to, to their uh, huts. And we were throwing candy out to them, and of course they were uh, loving all of that. I remember looking back one time, and there was one kid just, just waving to us. You know, they, they hear the guys from another country. So we get to uh, Kamasi, and Matt Dennison is in the back of the van, and uh, he's a jokester. And I, I asked him, I was sitting in front, I said, uh, Matt, can you give me my bag? He said, well, your, your bag's not back here. 
I said, quit joking around. Give me my bag. He said, no, I'm serious. Your bag's not back here. So I knew he was serious, and uh, I didn't feel good about that. But anyhow, we're there to see the dignitaries. We, we leave and, and, and go in and spend some time with the dignitaries. And, of course, the th thing on my mind is, where's that bag? So I, I thought I'd tell you what's in the bag. Um, so if, we, if I open it up, I've got my cell phone, I've got my wedding ring, camera, of course, my passport, uh, and I've got $10,000 in U.S. currency and uh, Ghanaian CDs. So it was a pretty important bag. Um, I asked Big Man if we can please go back to the church. 45 minutes back. Uh, so as we're going back, um, we're praying for the bag to, to reappear, and we're looking at every little spot we can to see if the bag is, has just fallen out and landed on the side of the road. Get back to the church, no bag. So we earnestly prayed for that bag for hours. Now, it's getting dark, uh, and um, nobody has come forward and said, we found the bag, or, or we saw it, we think we saw it. Um, uh, but as it was getting dark, uh, Big Man's sister was there, and I say sister in quotation marks, uh, because they weren't blood kin, but she's from the same uh, tribe in northern Ghana that, that Big Man comes from. Her name is Saratu Musa, and she came to me after hours of praying and said, Chris, your bag is protected, and it will be found. So comforting words, although I wasn't so comforted at the time. Um, so here we are in the dark now. Uh, we have walked through the bush uh, to the local palace, um, which is more like a Shriners building, and the chief was calling out in Twi, uh, for the people to bring the bag back if they find it. Uh, well, this is, this is new for that community, so they're all coming in, and, and the crowd's getting larger and larger. And, and it, it became large enough where it really wasn't too manageable, so they told us to go back to the guest house and just, just wait there till in the morning. Uh, the next morning, uh, I was sitting outside in the pleasant 100-degree temperature before the sun comes up and uh, trying to get some kind of a breeze going. Um, and I see big man drive up in the van. For the first time, and, and I hope and, and pray it's the last time, uh, he didn't have a big smile on his face. And those of you know, uh, big man always has a smile on his face. Boy, it hurt me. Uh, and it hurt me not that I knew the bag hadn't been found, but it hurt me to see the pain in his face that he had bad news for me. So we talk about it, we, we get together, uh, we decide that the, the, the team from the south will take a bus up to northern Ghana and Big Man will stay behind. Um, at that point, there's about six or seven of us from Getwell Church that are light-skinned like me. It holds about 70 people and we're the only light-skinned people there and they're showing Ghanaian soap operas uh, on the bus. Of course, we can't understand. It did, did have words so we could try to figure it out. Uh, unique trip to say the least. About an hour or two into the trip, Patty Dennison, who was also on the trip, uh, got a phone call and I heard her scream. And she said they found the bag and everything is in it. Everything. Not one CD. Well, you put that in perspective, $10,000 for uh, a family in Ghana, that changes their life forever. My passport is probably worth something to them as well. Uh, the Holy Spirit certainly protected that bag. So the prayers were answered. Zerutu's words were really prophetic. 
and the Holy Spirit who protected what others had given from this church in obedience to share the gospel. Eleven years later, here we stand talking about this, this event. So the next night, uh, we were resting in Saboba, and we get a call from the States, uh, and it was that Max Billingsley's daughter, Kim, had passed away. Um, tough news, and we, we gather as we can and, and think what, what we're going to do. Max doesn't know. If he didn't have his phone. If y'all know Max, he's deaf, so it, it's hard for him to uh, hear his phone ring. So we woke him up, and we shared with him the passing of his, of his daughter. Uh, we gave him the opportunity to uh, uh, fly back from Tamale to Accra and onto the States. Uh, we talked about it. We prayed about it. We prayed with him. We prayed for him. And ultimately, y'all know Max. Uh, he is a former Marine, and he is there to finish his mission. So uh, he decided to continue to serve with us. Uh, not knowing, uh, at the time, the pastors, uh, when, once they found out, they decided to they asked us if they could spend some alone time with Max. Um, of course, uh, we all said yes. They, they put him in a chair in, in the middle of the, the room, and they all laid hands on him. Uh, there's probably 15 pastors or so. Uh, these pastors are from um, uh, different denominations, certainly, but also different tribal languages. So you didn't have 15 languages, but you certainly had four or five or six different languages. So as they prayed for him, earnestly, out loud, in words that we couldn't understand, just crying out on behalf of, of their friend and our friend, Max, uh, they lifted him up. Uh, they gave him comfort and peace. And if you ask Max even today, uh, he'll tell you it's one of the most spiritual times he's ever had in his life. So while some could think that this trip was doomed, in reality, this trip brought us closer to the, our Lord. It also gave us the realization that these people we went to serve are truly our brothers and sisters in Christ. We experienced the power of prayer in real time. In different languages, in different customs, yes, but to the same Lord and Savior. And we are so thankful that God used us for them. And we're thankful that he used them for us. The same can be said for each of you in this room. God has brought us together. He expects us to be here for each other. Maybe you're here to lift me up. Maybe I'm here to lift you up. Or maybe we're together to lift up others. For Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God has given us the technology to gather in prayer literally all over the world right from here. As we think of those around the world who need prayers, and don't we all, there's a great website called PrayerCast, prayercast.com, if you want to look it up. They have 208 countries with two to four minute video prayers where you can join with another believer as he or she prays for their own country. So as you think about where you've been or where you're going, news from a certain location or where the Holy Spirit leads you, pull up PrayerCast and join in prayer. And specifically, I ask you to pull up Ghana in March and be praying for us and with us. Uh, in closing, I'd like to read a prayer from Paul as I think of you and my friends in Ghana. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that who, he who began a good work in you will carry it on 
to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you don't know it, but you just got added to the list for rotation for speakers. Uh, thank you so much. We're so grateful for your heart and uh, what a dear brother you are. And uh, we're thankful for you. So it's always a joy to share with you guys. And especially, I was talking to Marvin this morning. Um, you know, the topic is uh, a man in his prayers, praying for the world. Uh, sounds like an easy assignment, right? And I am telling you, I have just struggled with this. Not struggled, but just trying to get to a, the, 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 the point, right? The center in 20 minutes and trying to share with y'all some things about prayer. So I want to approach this from a scriptural standpoint, but also a practical standpoint. Uh, and to start with, I want to read and share with you a prayer uh, from one of my favorite scholars, pastor, author, and that's John Stott. And Stott began his ministry in the 1940s, I think, and it ran for, man, five decades, maybe six. And uh, in our topic about praying for the world, um, I want to re share this with you all, and we, we can uh, use this as our uh, opening prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, in your great love for us, in our alienation, you entered our world you assumed our humanity. You lived our life. You bore our sins and died our death. Now you send us into the same world in the same way that you were sent. Give us your mind of humility and your heart of love. Teach us to truly enter into people's worlds in love that we may serve them as you did and share with them your gospel. And enable us to do so with such gentleness and understanding that they recognize it for the good news it is. For your name's sake, amen. So I spent a lot of time uh, driving uh, pretty much between uh, here and Bartlett and, and other places. And you can tell a lot about people by looking at all the stickers on their vehicles, right? So you might see a sticker about a sports team or a, a, a college or university or a hobby, a brand, you know, uh, whatever it is, a, a political party or a candidate. Uh, you can tell a lot about folks, um, an affection for a dog or a cat. Um, I love my wife, that kind of stuff, or, or, or stick people, right? Well... You know, when we started talking about this topic, I began to notice some of the stickers on folks' vehicles about prayer. And in the South, there's quite a lot of them. So you notice when you see a sticker of uh, exhorting, you know, others to pray. So, you know, prayer changes things. We've all seen one like that, right? Real men pray. Uh, prayer works. Did you pray today? Uh, one that I saw was prayer, the world's greatest wireless connection. Okay? And there was one that I had no idea what it meant. It said, Jesus is my hitman, hashtag power of prayer. 
I had no idea what that means, but I saw it. So for us as followers of Jesus, prayer is essential. And we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the, we need to pray, we need to pray, we need to pray. We're exhorted in scripture. There's examples all over the place. And where we struggle is, you know, the, the how. Uh, it, it's the, we know we need to pray. We know we should pray. Um, but it's the how that we get hung up on. And I like it when folks express their faith. And so, you know, especially when it's something as important as prayer. Um, our goal here uh, is develop a culture of prayer that's dependent upon God's grace. We spend a lot of time uh, praying. We spend a lot of time talking about habitual prayer, uh, that we're regular and that we're consistent, uh, spontaneous prayer, that we need to pray when the circumstance dictates it, when the opportunity's present, when we're led by the Spirit. And we talk about specific prayers for ourselves and others. So in thinking about what is the world, right? We're not, you know, Chris shared with us God's work and, and intervention in Ghana. And Ghana's a place that's so near to our heart, but the world encompasses everyone. Me, you, your family, your friends, your church, your community, your country, and ultimately the world. So we want to think about praying specifically for ourselves, for our wives, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our great-grandchildren, and also for others. Marvin shared the story about the woman in Kroger and how he stopped and prayed with her. Uh, Jonathan shared with us the story about the man uh, at McDonald's. Uh, that uh, they prayed with him. They took time to uh, intercede for him. And I want to talk about the idea of continuous prayer. As we go, as we're going, as we're doing, as we're seeing and looking, that continuous prayer um, and how we can do that uh, in a practical way. The second thing is to have a passion. You know, as Chris said, God wants to hear from us. You know, Jesus said that our heavenly father, he's eager to hear from us. And so prayer is a special time when we should bring everything to him. And as men, we, we struggle with that, the struggle bus. The doors in our heart... If we don't open up to him, we want to hold that back. I got this, Lord. I'm good, right? And to have the passion to talk with him, to communicate with him. Um, I just want to spend a few minutes this morning talking about the passion of prayer and the posture of prayer. Our humble and honest conversation with our God. Sharing with him our needs, our weaknesses, our desires, our doubts, our fears, our sin, and all the things, that, the victories too. For us and for those in our lives. 
In Matthew 5, Jesus sat down with his disciples and he began to deliver the Sermon on the Mount, which we all know so well. And he began to describe entrance to the kingdom from a kingdom perspective. What does a citizen of the kingdom of God behave like? How do you enter into this kingdom? And he contrasts that reality uh, with the re- and, and that relationship with God to those who are deceived by their own external actions and motivations. They were somehow thinking that they were worthy to be deemed righteous. And the problem is a heart issue. It is always a heart issue. It's always the problem. The problem that interrupts that that passion for communication with our God and our realization that we are totally dependent upon him for every single thing that happens in our life. So we tend to ignore the little things, as I would say, the small things that seem insignificant. You know, when's the last time that we prayed for water? When's the last time we prayed for food? You know, the thing that hit me right in the face on our last trip to Ghana was the sincerity of those pastors and those people. They thank God for everything in their life. And they took to the Lord everything in their life. And we would see them as little things. But the principle is this, y'all. If you share the little things that you feel like are insignificant, you'll also, the big things won't be a surprise, right? The problem is the heart issue and, and the contrast between the citizen of the kingdom and those who were steeped in their self-righteousness. Jesus affirms the law and the fact that he had come to fulfill it. And in verse 43, after laying bare the Pharisees teaching about such things as hate, lust, divorce, making false oaths for gain, and how to treat enemies, Jesus says this, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that word, it means whole. It means complete. It means to have integrity. It means that what, ha- what we do on the outside matches what's on the inside. So that our behavior and our actions and our motivations come from within rather than just putting on a show. The kingdom, our behavior is governed by our relationship to Christ. And if we were in the classroom, I'd draw this out. It'd be easier probably to communicate, but I want to try. The Beatitudes that we know so well, we want to look at the first three as the Beatitudes of need. The Beatitudes of need. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are spiritually impoverished, those who come to God with open hands, bringing nothing to him, realizing 